This message is presented by Pastor Chuck Wilson. Okay, here we go. Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church. We are going into Daniel chapter 7 now. Daniel's scary dream. He has a scary dream of his own this time. Daniel 7, 1 to 7 and 15 to 17. Then we'll do the rest of the chapter next time. Put on your seatbelts. We're going to watch a Godzilla movie today. We're going to read about a Godzilla movie today. Daniel 1 through 6 is God's protection of his faithful. But now we are transitioning to chapters 7 to 12, which are prophetic, which will show why we need protection because of what's coming our way. Amazing prophecy here. The most detailed prophecy in the Bible here in Daniel chapter 7 through 12. We're going to see in 8 to 12 more details on this vision that we're going to read today. More details. The critics say, no way, this had to be written in the 2nd century after Christ. Uh, 2nd century, no way it had to be. But Jesus Christ <laughs> referred to these very prophecies himself. The, the, the abomination that causes desolation. Jesus referred to it. So it obviously was way before Jesus and also many events are still future, even though they were prophesied by Daniel before Christ. Many are still future, and even some were then and in the future. Double fulfillment, then and uh, coming up soon. We're going to see four great world powers again. We're going to see Rome revived. We're going to see the Antichrist. Jesus Christ's second coming, many parallels to the book of Revelation as we go through these next six chapters, which is why I started with Daniel. Really, we, we want to get to the book of Revelation, but you have to study Daniel first or you cannot begin to understand Revelation fully, their hand in glove. And we're going to see that God, amazing prophecies, God writes world history before it happens. Uh, the theme, when bad things happen, is God still in control? Daniel 1 through 6. We saw, yes, God is in still control, and we're going to see now, chapter 7 to 12, that God, God is even sovereign over not just individual lives, but over the nations. He's sovereign over the world, over the nations. He's sovereign over end times. God is in control of everything, and he protects his faithful people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the great assurance that this gives us that you are in control, that we do win in the end. We're going to win. We know that you win, so we win because we follow you. Uh, but we know there's going to be some hard times, and this is preparing us for that. I pray for your mercy and grace to prepare us. And if anybody has not put their faith in Jesus Christ yet, that they would because of this study in the book of Daniel. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's get out your Bibles. Get out your Bibles and turn to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, you're going to need to be able to follow along. So hit the pause button and be ready to follow along. Okay, go ahead, pause. Okay, you're back. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, we're going to read the first seven verses. First of all, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying on his bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me were were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. The first was like a lion, and it had its, the wings of an eagle. I watched until its wings were torn off, and it was lifted from the ground, so that it stood on two feet like a man, and the heart of a man was given to it. And there before me was a second beast, which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, Get up and eat your fill of the flesh.' 
And after that I looked, and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard, and on its back it had four wings like those of a bird. This beast had four heads, and it was given authority to rule. After that in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten Horns. And then we're going to go down to verse 15, 15 through 17, where it says, because uh, we're going to tie this together, I, Daniel, was troubled in my spirit, in the spirit, and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I approached one of these standing there and asked him the true meaning of this. So he told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. The four great beasts are four kingdoms that will rise from the earth. Uh, we'll stop right there. Four kingdoms that are going to rise from the earth. So we're going to hit all of the chapter as we go through here, through the two sermons here. So this is really the same dream as <clears throat> chapter 2, but it's in way more detail. Same dreams, far more detail. Um, okay, I'm going to do a diagram in just a minute, but I'm going to wait on that. Way more detail. The key difference is in chapter 2, they were metals. Remember, gold, silver, bronze, and uh, iron. and uh, So they were metals. But this time, instead of metals, they are beasts. You see, chapter 2 is, got, is uh, an outward man's view of the kingdoms of the world. Gold, silver, iron, strong, bronze. You know, that's man's view of these. That's an outward view. But chapter 7 here is God's view. It's inward view. It's a spiritual view. He doesn't see these precious metals. He sees wild beasts. That's what he sees. God sees this. Now, so let's look at, <clears throat> pick it up again. We'll read the first couple of verses of chapter 7. Chapter 7. Verse 1, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying on his bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. I'll say, we'll stop right there for the right now. But we see First of all, it's during the reign of Belshazzar. So we know this is before chapter 5. Chapter 5 is when Belshazzar gets it, right? But we know this is before that. So uh, this Daniel has a dream earlier, and now, and now we're seeing it recorded because it was all chronological, but now we're going to look at the, the prophecies that, they, they, that are, they get different times. It's also a parallel to Nebuchadnezzar's vision, but there's a lot more detail. Nebuchadnezzar had the vision, the, the statue. This is a lot more detail now. It talks about the four winds of heaven, the four winds of heaven. In Daniel, wind always stands for God's sovereignty and God's power. Wind makes visible what is invisible. The wind, you can see the effect of the wind, but you can't see the wind itself. And that's what wind does. It makes the invisible visible. You can see the effect. And this is God's sovereignty and God's power represented by this wind. And the idea here of the wind and what it's doing is it's judgment. He's churning up. Think of a hurricane churning up the waters. It's a hurricane. The great sea, he's churning up this great sea. The great sea is symbolic in the Bible of the nations and the people, the sea of 
of humanity. Imagine the, the sea of humanity. Verse 17, from the earth, from the earth, okay? And it's a picture of turmoil. God's sovereignty uh, stirring up the waters. It's a picture of this turmoil, this boiling, bubbling water. And that's what the world is constantly in. There's constant turmoil fighting against each other and also against God. Just look at the USA today. You want to talk about turmoil. The whole world, you talk about turmoil. We are seeing that God is moving the waters again. He's, the hurricane is hitting again. And out of this turmoil, out of this bubbling, churning water, come four scary beasts. That's why I call Daniel scary dream. Four scary beasts. Kind of like a Godzilla movie, you know? A Godzilla comes up out of the water. It's kind of like that, that very thing. Verse 15 says four, these represent four kingdoms. And nations are off, often use animals to represent themselves. Animals represent them. Think of the USA. What animal? The eagle, right? So we, and often nations are represented by an animal and God in his prophetic, uh, usage here compares them to the beast. There's four different beasts. Now I'm going to have a diagram right next to me. In fact, I'm going to pull it up so I can look at it. There's a diagram showing Daniel 2 and Daniel 7, the metals versus the beast. And as we talk, you can look at these. The, the diagram is going to be on one side or the other. I'm not sure where Sarah's going to put it. Thank you, Sarah. But uh, that's, that's what we're going to look at, first of all. Now, first of all, the first beast is a lion with eagle's wings. Look at the picture. Do you see the, the, the gold head is in conjunction with the lion with the, the wings? And that is Babylon, okay? The lion with eagle's wings was the national symbol of Babylon. And once again, don't forget, Daniel had this dream when Babylon was still running things. Uh, during Belshazzar, Babylon is still a kingdom, still the top kingdom until they were conquered there at the end of chapter 5. But we see in the, in the vision that this is made to stand like a man and the wings are plucked. They were conquered, okay? They were conquered. And think it also brings to mind Nebuchadnezzar how he was humbled. But it was positive. He became more humane. He became like a man. But, but Babylon was humbled, it was plucked of its power, it, it lost its, its uh, power, it made way for the next kingdom. The next kingdom was a bear. Look at the picture once again, we see the bear, and that represents Me Media Persia, right? It represents Media Persia, and notice one side is raised in this vision for this beast, and that's because Persia was dominant. Persians, the Persians were dominant. Three ribs in their mouth. We know from history that there were three main conquests that the media Persian Empire conquered. They conquered Babylon, Egypt, and Lydia. Those were the three ribs in the mouth. And, they, and God told them to eat their flesh, eat their fill of flesh. They devoured the, the, the nations of the world. They ruled them, the world, ruled the world. <clears throat> the third beast we see here in Daniel is the leopard with wings. Look at the picture once again on either side of me. There's a, the, the leopard with the wings. The uh, What are the wings? Both animals, the leopard and the winged creature represent speed. And we know that this represents, once again, the... Um, Greece, the, the, the bronze, the bronze part of the statue are, is the leopard with the wings. This represents Greece and Alexander the Great. Talk about speed, talk about fast. He conquered the entire known world in eight years. He did it so fast, he had nothing left to do. He wept. Alec Alexander the Great with 35,000 soldiers took on the Median Persian army with 300,000 usually think how's that going to end right but he won he was brilliant right no god gave it to him god is pro prophesying 
God did it. God had given him authority to rule. And you want proof that it wasn't him, that it was God's doing? Well, uh, he, he, he ruled the world, but he couldn't rule himself. He couldn't even conquer. He conquered the world, but he couldn't conquer himself. He partied himself to death. And four generals, four heads, four generals divided up the kingdom. That's why there's four heads here. They divided up his kingdom. And then the fourth beast, we don't even have it described. We know on, on the statue, it was the, the, the iron, but we know that uh, it's not really, they couldn't even describe this. You see the picture, it's just a scary dinosaur-like creature, Godzilla-like creature with 10 horns on its head. And that represents Rome. That represents Rome. You can't even describe it. Just Godzilla is the best way I can describe it. It represents Rome, the iron, the teeth. He treads the whole earth. And that's what Rome did. He chews it up. Rome was ruthless. Killed so many people. Enslaved the world. They invented crucifixion. They persecuted so the church and with brutal persecutions of the church. Ten horns. Ten horns and ten toes. Uh, the ten toes on the statue, the ten horns on this beast. We see what we're going to see why in a little bit. We're going to also see this very thing, the same creature in the book of Revelation, just in a little bit here. It's the, because it's not just Rome, but there's going to be the revived Roman Empire. The Roman Empire is gone right now, but it's being revived. It's going to be revived in the book of Revelation and the end times. The, re the revived Roman Empire is going to have ten literal rulers. It's the greatest of all empires coming up to this point, but it also, we're going to see it in the future, which brings us to the beast. Now, I want to focus on this beast, this beast, okay? Remember, now, here we go again. The four beasts, the fourth one is Rome, but it, we're going to see it's a revived, we're going to see in just a minute, it's a revived Roman empire that we're going to really look at now. I remember... Uh, and I've used Godzilla as an example for a couple reasons. The God, he looks like Godzilla here. And Godzilla, I've seen every Godzilla movie. Ryan was, my oldest son Ryan was a Godzilla freak. He loved Godzilla. Had to watch every movie. Watched them all the time. Cheered for Godzilla. Loved Godzilla. And I'll never forget, I took him to a movie. They did a, a new one finally. And they did a Godzilla movie when he was a kid. I think he was like fifth grade or something. When he should have known better, you know, you don't, you know, don't believe in Santa anymore. You don't believe in Godzilla anymore. But we took him to this movie, and we watched this new Godzilla movie. Is one with Matthew Broderick in it, and and Godzilla ends up being killed at the end of the movie. And sorry if I spoiled that because you were going to watch that. But uh, but Ryan, I looked over and Ryan was crying. I'm like, Ryan, what's what's he's fifth grade, right? I'm like, Ryan, why are you crying? What's going? On? He goes, Godzilla died. I'm like. I know, but right, it's just a movie. He died. Godzilla died. He thought Godzilla was real. As we started talking about it, he thought Godzilla was real. I'm like, Ryan, all this time you've been excited about Godzilla. You thought he was really destroying cities and eating people and stepping on people. You thought he was really doing all that and you thought it was real. No more, no more Godzilla movies for you, you know? <laughs> It was, it was, you know, it, we had a good laugh about it later on and he got a little bit older, you know, but he thought it was real. And so, but he, he had all these DVDs, including one called Mecha Godzilla. And Mecha Godzilla was a robot Godzilla that was controlled by a bad guy. There's this bad guy inside of this robot Godzilla. And we're going to see the same thing now as we get here. We're going to see the same thing. <clears throat> this fourth beast is really a Mecha Godzilla. It's really controlled by a demon-possessed man inside of it, which we're going to see here. Well, uh, second graphic. Let's look at the second graphic now. 
uh, Sarah's going to put up a new graphic for us, and we see the the gold, silver, br- bronze, and iron. We see the lion, bear, leopard, and the beast with the teeth. I'm kind of looking at my computer screen here. Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. But then notice the, on the graphic there, it says a prophetic gap. Many thousand years, a prophetic gap. And then, then and only then, we have the revived Roman Empire. It's got the iron and clay feet. It's got the ten horns. It's got the Antichrist, which we're going to talk about. Uh, Then we're going to see what knocks it down. I'm going to save that surprise for a little bit later. But we have a prophetic gap. How do we know there's a prophetic gap? Well, because the four beasts have been fulfilled. They're already fulfilled. Before Jesus comes, they've all been fulfilled. They're done. But not the ten horns yet. That is in the future, and we're going to revisit them in the book of Revelation. <clears throat> we're going to see that same parallel in Revelation, which comes after the four beasts have already been fulfilled. So we know this is a once and future kingdom. It was once Rome in the past, but it's going to be a revived Roman, and this is very revived Roman Empire. Very important to understand prophecy and pay close attention, just like the Messiah. There were two comings of the Messiah, not two Messiahs, two coming. The once and future king, Jesus. He came the first time to die. He comes the second time as the conqueror. He's going to be the stone. If you look at the graph there, he's the stone that's going to hit the remember hit the, the statue's feet. But he's also going to see here the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. Wait till we get to it here. It's all explained in detail here in this chapter. It's going to be in the next sermon, but. The key to understanding script, prophecy and scripture is to pay attention. Many prophecies have a double fulfillment or a partial fulfillment and then a later fulfillment. And this is one, the revived Roman Empire. Now let's pick it up here in verse 8, Daniel chapter 7, verse 8, where it says, While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little horn which came up among them. And three of the first horns were uprooted before it. The horn had eyes like the eyes of a man and the mouth that spoke boastfully. All right, we're going to go to verse 19 to 25 now and read a little bit more about this. Uh, Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others and most terrifying with its iron teeth and bronze claws, the beast that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled them underfoot wherever it went. I also wanted to know about the ten horns on the head and about the other horn that came up before which three of them fell, the horn that that looked more imposing than the others and that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I watched, the horn was waging war against the saints and defeating them. I'm going to read that again. As I watched, this horn was waging war against the saints and defeating them until the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came when he possessed the kingdom. Verse 23, he gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on the earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms and it will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. After them, another king will arise, different from the earlier ones. He will subdue the three kings. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times and a half of time. So once again, we're going to see this. When we hit the book of Revelation, we're going to tie it all together. But I'm going to bring a little bit in here too. But this, uh, this little horn... Why they call it a little horn when it's so powerful? That's God's view, the little horn, you know, little pipsqueak. The ten horns are ten rulers. An eleventh one rises and wipes out the three of them. He takes over the earth. 
He has human eyes. Notice he has human eyes. He's a human being, but he's also symbolic. Eyes are symbolic of wisdom. He's smarter than all the other ones. He's cunning because he's demon-possessed, as we will see. He has a big mouth. Verse 25, he's going to speak against God. He will change the times. It won't be B.C. and A.D. It's going to be B.C.E., uh, before Common Era and after Common Era. Uh, he's going to rewrite history with himself at the center, not Jesus Christ anymore. We're already seeing it happening, right? But it's going to be with himself at the order. Also the laws, he's going to throw out the Ten Commandments. We're seeing the uh, preparing already. Relativism, he's going to call wrong, right, and right, wrong. We think of the USA today, we're seeing us being prepared for this very thing. It's not hard to see this guy running the USA along with the rest of the world. God has already been deleted from the history books, etc. Unthinkable things that, things that were unthinkable a few years back are now accepted as normal and okay now. We are being set up for it. But true Christians will not go along with this guy. True Christians and faithful Jews will not go along. Verse 25 said there will be intense persecution of the Christians and the godly Jews, the saints of the Most High. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Well, we're going to sneak peek ahead, sneak ahead, peek ahead to Revelation 13, 1 to 8. And it describes who this is. It says, And I saw a beast coming out of the sea. Sound familiar? He had ten horns and seven heads. Remember, three were wiped out. With ten crowns on his horns and on each of the head a blasphemous name. Ooh, sounds just like Daniel. And it's in the future, way after Daniel's fulfilled. So we know this is a coming, a double fulfillment, right? The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but it had feet like those of a bear and the mouth of light. That is a lion. Are you connecting the dots? The dragon gave the beast his power. The dragon is Satan. Gave the beast his power and his throne and his great authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed the beast. Men worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can make war against him? The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words, sounding familiar, and blasphemies, and to ex exercise his authority for forty two months are we connecting the dots he opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven he was given power to make war against the saints wow and to conquer them he was given authority over every tribe people language and nation all the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast all whose names have not been written in the Book of life belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. The beast is run by the Antichrist. He's the demonic guy inside running this, this beast. We're talking about the Antichrist here. We're going to study him in detail in Revelation. But basically, he's a devil incarnate. The d dragon empowers him and fills him. He's going to be a world ruler against God. He's going to bring world peace. He's going to bring peace to the Middle East and to Israel. He's going to make a deal with Israel, a seven-year deal, going to build their temple, seven-year deal. But after three and a half years, he's going to break the, the treaty, the covenant. He's going to persecute them and Christians. He's going to demand to be worshipped in the temple that he built. It was really built for himself. He will make Hitler look like a Boy Scout. 
This guy is going to be unbelievable. He's going to have amazing charisma and evil. He's going to bring peace to the Middle East. He's going to solve global warming, or I'm sorry, climate change. We've already changed that. Uh, oh, the oil crisis, the nuclear war. He's going to have the temple built here. He's, this is going to be one wicked dude. Uh, it's called the Antichrist. Second Thessalonians 2, 1 to 4. For those of us who are hoping to miss this guy because of a rapture, listen to what it says here. Concerning 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. The word for rebellion also means apostasy. It could be used interchangeably. Till the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. So we see that even before the rapture, the Antichrist, whenever the rapture is, whether it's Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. There's a lot of discussion on that. We've talked about that many times. Even if it's pre-tribulation rapture, which we all vote for, <laughs> we all volunteer for that trip, right? Uh, it's going to be hot anyways because the Antichrist is going to be exposed before that happens. The apostasy is already beginning. It's going to be a massive apostasy, maybe because the church, the true church, the 3% of American Christians that are really Christian will be raptured out. <laughs> I'm joking. It's probably 6%. But anyway, the, uh, <clears throat> the apostasy is already happening. We're seeing it. <clears throat> and and the, the USA is, is, is gutted. We're going to look at this, the parallels with Daniel 7. You see these crazy parallels, the big mouth, the persecution. <clears throat> Another amazing parallel is the monster that the Antichrist controls. The, ant, the monster that he controls. This is the beast and the man beast. It's the Mecha Godzilla. It's this beast that we... Well, I want to read it again. Revelation 13, this is verses 1 and 2. The beast, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. He had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on his horns and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard but had the feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne in great authority. This beast, which is being controlled by the Antichrist, who's being controlled by Satan, this these uh <clears throat> this beast are reminds us of the four beasts in Daniel seven. Only now they have merged into one monster. Look at all the body parts of this beast, but it's it's been all merged. The monster from Daniel seven twenty three has been four beasts. The four in the past, the winged lion. Babylon, the bear, Persia, the leopard, Greece, the iron monster, Rome, they've all been merged into one Mecha Godzilla, one monster. And that's why we see that this prophecy has a double fulfillment. It was in the past, those four kingdoms, we see it in the future, but now it's melded together into a, a massive monster, the scariest monster imaginable. We're going to see more of this in the book of Revelation. We see that Mecca Godzilla has swallowed the other three. Has swallowed the other three. The revived Roman Empire has swallowed the rest of the world. It is a one world government. It's even being set up. It's being prepared by the European Union right now, which, which are, will line up very well with the revived Roman Empire. It, it's, it's being prepared. We see in Revelation 13 verse 2 that the, this fourth beast, this monster has cannibalized all the other ones. It's become a one 
world monster, a one world government. If the end times were right now, if that happened right today, what would this represent? A lot of things can change, but what would it represent? Lion, Who, who's the lion? Eagle's wing, lion, eagle's wing. Well, UK, the UK is the lion, although it has no longer has eagle's wings. Its power was really broken in World War II. And don't forget who the eagle's wings are, the USA. Uh, is, is possibly connected somehow. The uh, Anglo-American alliance has been so key throughout the last century, but that's breaking up. We don't know if it's going to break up just because of oil or uh, we get on different sides on a war, Middle East conflict. Uh, we've been humbled in some way or the rapture, lose that 6%. Uh, we, don't, we don't know, but we all know already the USA, they are already saying the USA and the UK are no longer connected at the hip. That the, the real close partnership has been broken. It's going to be broken even more, apparently. That's what you say with today. That was the fuzziest one. The other ones are very easy. The bear. The bear is Russia. All right. And we see Russia very clearly taught in the book of Ezekiel and in the Bible. The Russia is going to get the Muslim coalition together and they're going to invade in Ezekiel 38. They're going to invade Israel, but be defeated. So we know that one is easy to see. The leopard. It's a little trickier. The leopard. I looked up uh, leopard in the internet. And it says species Asian. That's the only clue I could get it was species Asian. This is very good chance that this is uh, makes sense with China, the rise of China and the the Asian world. Uh, they're calling this the Chinese century already. The uh, we see this in Revelation that probably China is going to have a role with invasion force. We're going to get to that when we get to the book of Revelation. It's pretty wild. It's scary. We know Daniel 7 has already been fulfilled. We already saw the four kingdoms. So that means Revelation 13 is also going to be fulfilled. Uh, this is all going to happen. God is allowing it for his purpose, as we'll see in the book of Revelation. And it involves persecution, intense persecution. But we're going to see that God in Daniel 7, we'll see next in Daniel 7, that God is still in control. This persecution, Daniel 7:22, which we looked at, this persecution power will only last until God's purpose is fulfilled, Daniel 11, to refine his people, to refine Israel, to refine the remnant, to refine his church, Revelation, we're going to see this, that's his purpose, to refine us, to separate the sheep from the goats, to refine his, his holy church. But, but we have to be ready because God is going to allow this for his purpose. Revelation 13, 9 and 10 says this, after that whole discussion about this crazy monster, it says, he who has an ear, let him hear, 13, 9. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. That is our warning. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. There's going to be persecution. Are we prepared? Are we prepared? Are we ready for it? Are we expecting it? It's already happening all over the world. It's going to happen here too. God but God will judge those who persecute. Jesus will come again, uh, and he's going to set it all right. For those who are still alive, he's going to set it right. For those who have already been raptured, if that happens before that, or those who have already died and are in God's presence, standing before the throne, the martyrs, which we see where our place were. If we're martyred, our place right before the throne of God, pleading with God to to. Come on, get things moving here. Judge the earth. Wait till we see that. Wild stuff. But God is going to judge. Jesus Christ will come again. Are you ready? Are we ready for the what's 
coming our way with this monster. Are we ready for Jesus to come again? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? If you haven't put, if you haven't acted on Jesus' first coming, you are not ready for the second coming. He's not going to come as your savior. He's going to come as your judge. Which Christ will you follow? You got to choose. We're going to look at the good guys next time. These are the bad guys, the monsters, the bad guys. We're going to look at God and his son Jesus in the book of Daniel. Whoa, just wait. It's going to be awesome. But, but that's the good guys. Who are you going to follow? The, the Antichrist, the devil, the world, or Jesus Christ and his father, the Ancient of Days, God himself? Only faith by putting our faith in Jesus and receiving the Holy Spirit can we avoid being the deception of the Antichrist. He's going to fool everybody. He's going to be Hitler on steroids. He's going to be able to mesmerize the world. The only protection we have is the Holy Spirit in us will show us the truth of who he really is and, and avoid falling under his deception. Only Jesus can save us from doing that. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Do we have the hope of Jesus Christ? No matter how bad it gets today, tomorrow, whatever, how many years from now, however, do we, do we have the confidence, the faith to go through this? Because we, we should, because we know from the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation, we know the ending. We know who wins. Yeah, it's going to be a horrible war. It's going to be hard. God's going to use this to, to, to purify his church and to prepare his church for eternity. But and we need it. We need it. We all know that. You've been listening to this. But we win. In the end, we win. That's the awesome part. We read the, the last chapter of the Bible. We win, and we win big. And we got to hang on to that. Let's pray. How is God speaking to us? Are we ready for, the, for this time? We're seeing the, the oceans churning even now. We're seeing the hurricane force even now. We're seeing all this being set up, this one world government and one world church and the control he's going to have over the human race. We're seeing all these things even now. Are we ready? Are we prepared? Do we know the word? Are we, are we going to recognize what's really happening? Or are we just go along with, with the mindless mob in the media? Or are we going to think for ourselves because we have the Holy Spirit and God's Word directing us? Are you ready? Are you ready? As Have you become a Christian yet? Are you going to be deceived and take the mark of the beast and spend eternity in hell? Or are you ready to go to, because you've put your faith in Jesus Christ? You've received the Holy Spirit. You're going to recognize what's going on. It's going to be bad for everybody this time. It's going to be bad for the entire earth. Those who are Christians are going to get it from, from the Antichrist, but those who aren't are going to get it from Jesus Christ, and that's going to be permanent. Not a seven-year tribulation, but it's going to be a permanent eternity of punishment. Are you ready? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? You can do that right now. You can pray and put your faith in Jesus right now. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you repented of your sin? Turned away from that sin? Say, God, I repent. You can do it right now. God, I repent of my old life. I repent of my sin. I repent of anything in my life that goes against your word or your purpose for my life. I believe Jesus died on that cross. The first time he came, he died on that cross to pay for my sin. 
He took my punishment. He gave his blood to wash me clean. He was my substitute. He paid my ransom with his own body and blood. I put my faith in him. I put my faith in him. I give my life to Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer, the Holy Spirit has come inside of you and your eyes are open, your heart is open. You are not going to believe what you can see in God's Word. You're not going to believe the conviction in your life or the, the peace and the joy in your life. You're not going to believe it. I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Let somebody know. Maybe you have a church nearby. You have a family member or a friend who's a Christian, a real Christian. Or email me, nhcc at comcast.net. And I will help you get connected and grow and be excited for you. Wait till next time. This is just setting up. This is the bad guys. Wait till you see who the good guys are.